And so let's hear the story of that first Easter morning as uh, Helen comes to read for us from Mark chapter 16. So our Easter reading is from Mark chapter 16, verses 1 to 8. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus, and Salome bought spices so that they may go and anoint Jesus' body. Very early on, the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. What sort of ending is that? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that your word speaks to us afresh today. And we pray that even in this baffling ending to Mark's gospel, you would enable us to hear what you have as gift for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. What sort of ending is that? Mark's gospel has been full of just building up to this great climax of the resurrection narrative, proclaiming that Jesus is alive, he is risen. And yet here are two of his most devoted followers, gripped and overwhelmed by shock and fear. And that is how Mark ends the story. What sort of ending is that? Well, I want to say it's an authentic ending. It has to me a ring of truth about it, 
consistent with human experience. As such, we can relate to it. It's real. I don't know whether you heard on the radio this morning. Sir David Suchet, the great actor, Poirot, speaking of how he finds in the scriptures stories of real people and how he can relate to those because they are authentic. As an actor, he's used to playing different characters, becoming different people. And in the Bible, we hear and read of different people in all their different failings and faults and weaknesses and courageous strength too. It is as real, this account, as all the accounts of Jesus' life that, capture, that Mark captures in his almost breathless style. Whether it's a description of healings, or beheadings, or boastings, or betrayal, teachings, disputings, plotting, praying in darkness, dying in agony, Mark holds nothing back. And now this, It's authentic, it's true, and I want to believe it. And I do believe it. There's something deep within me that resonates with this truth. When the angel says to the three women who have gone at break of dawn to the tomb to anoint Jesus' lifeless body, he is risen, he is not here, Something deep within me echoes, yes, Jesus is alive. And when I sing, as I will do after the at the end of the service today, with all my heart and volume outside, as we all will, thine be the glory, risen, conquering son. Endless is the victory, thou or death has won. Deep within, there's an echo, there's a resonance, there's, a, I like, there's nothing more certain in the whole of life to me than that truth that Jesus has risen from the dead. Everything makes no sense unless that is true. Nothing in life makes sense. Isn't that true for you? It is a deep, deep thing. Now scholars, theologians speculate as to whether there was more from Mark uh, in this gospel and the last bit may have got lost. Maybe there was, maybe it has. But there is enough here to give us both hope and purpose as we look to the future. So let me just say, Something about hope, something about purpose that we see in this passage. Firstly, hope. The angel said, go and tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. He's going ahead of you. Jesus is the one who goes ahead. He is the going ahead of us, God. 
Jesus began his life on earth with, as God with us, Emmanuel. As such, he revealed the very nature of God as we could sort of glimpse something of his true nature and grasp something of who God was. He is the one who has promised to be with us always. And we have seen how he's walking with us through the wilderness of times of our lives in this last series over Lent. But now Jesus is declared as the one who goes ahead. Like the shepherd in biblical times who led the flock. He goes ahead of them. And if they had any sense, and occasionally I wonder whether sheep do actually have very much sense. Certainly in Wales they tend not to. But if they had sense, they would follow the flock. And he would, they would find that he would lead them into green pastures besides still waters. He would lead them through those dark and scary valleys, shadowy places. He would assure them by his confidence in his stride that they might fear nothing in those places even. You may be aware that when the sheep are driven from behind, they are on their way to market to be slaughtered. When sheep are led in biblical times, so they are taken in the places where the shepherd would have them flourish. And so Jesus goes ahead of us and we are invited to follow in faith and with hope that is kindled in our hearts by the love of the Holy Spirit. That means a great deal more to us, Rishan and myself, now in this season of bringing our time here to an end as we work towards my retirement at the end of June. We are following the shepherd who goes ahead of us. It's already there. He knows what the future holds and enables us to enter into that future. And this truth has resonance too for everyone who is part of this Christchurch family, indeed part of his family worldwide. We're reminded that Jesus is the great shepherd of the sheep. He's the leader. He's the one we're all seeking to follow. And he will lead his church on into the future that he has already been and prepared for us. And I think that's an image. It struck me as I was preparing this sermon. I've never preached on Mark, Mark's ending to the, 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 his gospel before, believe it or not. In our 37 years of ordained ministry, I've never preached on this. Or in John, that's a really good passage for the resurrection. Or, or, or Luke, you know, great stories there. But Mark, I was trying to avoid. But this year, it's like, no. This was the ending that struck me. And this message, this image of Jesus going ahead is, I believe, um, maybe a word from God to us as a church to hold on to and to treasure. So it gives us hope. And secondly, briefly, purpose. 
The angel said, I am going ahead of you, that Jesus was going ahead of them into Galilee. Why Galilee? What's so significant about Galilee? It's just a a region around a, a lake with some little villages and some countryside. It's rather nice. But it's, uh, you know, Galilee. (laughs) Galilee of the Gentiles, as it was called. But it's Galilee where Jesus began his ministry. It was Galilee where he called his disciples to him. It was Galilee that he began to reveal his glory in the miracles of Cana in Galilee. It was there that he led them into this growing, unbelievable understanding that here was somebody who they could trust, who was like no other person, who loved people who were unlovable, that reached out to those who were without hope in life, the nobodies, the nothings. After John was put in prison, says the first chapter of Mark, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. The people of Galilee were the first to hear the message of good news that Jesus was bringing into the world, that he was good news. He was the good news the gospel for all humanity. The time has come, the kingdom of God is near. And as you see me, said Jesus, as you hear my teaching and learn what life is as God intends, then you will know how you are to learn to live the life that I intend for you too. Jesus was saying, you can learn to live this life if you will be intentional about turning toward me, turning away from the stuff that's just leading you into nowhere and worse. Turn away from all that. Just don't waste your life doing that. Turn to me, he says, and follow me in that way that leads to life in all its abundance and fullness. Don't be stupid wasting your life. Turn to me. You'll find life by giving your life away, serving other people, by living sacrificially, but gloriously. Jesus' way is the way that leads to life, as we've always wanted it to be deep down. And it's here in Galilee, he starts to call all these different people, even though they have no idea what he's about, And they sense something authentic here. They take the risk of leaving the old way of life and beginning a new one with Jesus. What a risk that is. Massive. But they do it. And so the angel says to the women, go and tell the disciples, including Peter, especially Peter, he is to be in on this despite his failings and shame, The risen Jesus goes ahead of them to Galilee and they will learn again what it means to live the life 
that God intends, and they will become fishers of men. They will become those who help others to catch the vision that Jesus is giving them of what life can be. And so it is. We are given this amazing purpose in life that is beyond all other, to be disciples of Jesus, learners, apprentices of Jesus in a whole of our lives and to witness to his reality. We are an Easter people, as Desmond Tutu said. We are an Easter people and Alleluia is our song. That's who we are. That's our purpose in life, to sing Alleluia, praise God, with all our lives. And to use words, if necessary, to speak of the gospel. It may be in one sense it is fitting, therefore, that Mark's gospel seems unfinished. And the reason is that, of course, the story goes on. It's an unfinished story here because it's being told in the lives of those followers, those disciples who continue to live his risen life today and have done down the centuries and how we have so much to learn from others. What a treasure we are inherited from those saints who have gone before. But it's a story that's being lived out in the lives of children, young people, of women and of men, right now, right here. And it's a story that proclaims that Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. It's being lived out by you, trying to live it out by me. But it's something that we do so authentically, in humility, in all our openness and vulnerability with others. We don't try and think, oh, I've got it all together. We're just who we are. And if we could live humbly and courageously, not so much by sight, but by faith, in that going ahead of us, God, we will find him leading into a future that is full of hope and full of purpose. Amen. Let it be so, Lord, we pray. Hallelujah. Amen.